Welcome. This is Background Screening Tips and Tech with me, Tim Santoni, and my co-host, Joe Berlin. Joe, how are things going today? Things are good, man. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for tuning in or checking out the show. We really appreciate you guys listening in. Today, we want to talk about an interesting topic, which is seven-year criminal history or seven-year background check reports or seven-year you know, adjudication questions, this big seven-year question that comes up. And I think there's a lot of misinformation around what exactly the seven years mean. So Joe, uh, you know, what are the typical, you know, confusions or kind of myths that you see end users or business owners, HR professionals that are, you know, not sure about what the seven year term means? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, this conversation actually came up just for the audience to know is it, Tim and I were actually discussing this internally because uh, internally, I think it can even for, for background screening companies, it can be a little bit confusing when you're having a conversation if you're not understanding exactly what seven years you're talking about, right? So historically, um, you know, all background checks, you know, the gold standard of background checks start with what is security um, verification or social security number trace, right? Product of the credit agencies. Uh, and those agencies provide typically a seven to 10 year address history. And I think what the standard is in the background screening industry um, is and has been to provide a seven year address history. And that's kind of the foundation of your criminal background search. Um, and then there's the seven year search when you start talking about reportable information at the county courthouse, right? And so those two things, I think, get um, kind of interdiscussed and intertwined and they lead to some confusion for the end. So, you know, you may have some HR departments out there that say, oh, yeah, we have a seven year search. Well, is that in your social trace history? Is that how far back you're going in, in the courts? Um, and the reason for some people who may not be aware, the reason that's kind of a standard within the courts um, is because of legal issues and certain regulations there are on reporting certain types of records, non-convictions, convictions within different states, right? Tim, you're in California, so you can speak probably a little bit more to that specifically. Yeah. So it's a great point, Joe. So there's some confusion around the seven years. So the seven year address history takes into account the applicant's address history as provided in the application process layered with the SSN trace and looking for address history or counties of residence going back seven years. On average, people live in an average of 2.77 counties over their, you know, the prior seven to 10 years. So the idea is that if you cover all counties or jurisdictions going back that far, you're going to cover reportable records, whether those, you know, California seven years convictions only from the disposition date. Other states have seven years uh, conviction, non-convictions as well. And some can go back further than that. But if you look at a seven-year address history, you're probably going to uncover at least 10 years of address history. And for that fact, you're going to then look to search for county level records that are either filed or disposition date going back seven years so that you can look whether they're reportable. And in fact, seven years actually means eight years if you talk to your researchers, which we have done. And if there's convictions, especially felonies, they'll typically go back farther than that. So really, it comes down to understanding what that language means and making sure that you're uncovering as much information as possible within the legal parameters. And so that seven years Look at it from an address history, you know, where people resided, and then from a disposition or reportability of records at the county level. And those things all have to align in order for it to make sense. So out here in California, the rule is, is that records, convictions only are only reportable from seven years from the disposition date. So if there's a conviction that goes back nine years from today, the disposition date 
would be more than nine years, that record is not reportable. However, in states like Texas or Florida or other, uh, maybe something within 10 years would be reportable because it's a felony or misdemeanor. Um, so that's super important. And so there's been some shifting with regard to compliance and rules and regulations. Obviously, consult with your HR uh, team or your legal counsel before making those decisions. But this goal of this show is really just to provide insight into what that seven years really means. So you can ask really, um, you know, solid questions to your team before making a decision. Yeah. And, you know, some people will say, well, seven years, why wouldn't I want to go back eight, nine, 10, you know, 11 years, Tim, you brought it up, right? Texas, California, Ohio, Michigan, Massachusetts, they're all different. They all have different regulations. You know, New York has different regulations than California, so on and so forth. Um, So the industry over the years has kind of set a standard for the end user, right? And so when you search within those search parameters, typically you're going to be within the regulations of all states. And if you are a company that's hiring throughout the country, you know, where your corporate headquarters is versus where the applicant's going to be working, right? Which state law do you follow? Well, if they're differing, um, and you take the, you know, you, you take the um, the more conservative approach, you're going to be a little bit more on the safe side, right? So, typically, that's why there's that seven year kind of across the board. So when you're talking to a sales executive or an account executive or whatever the the background screening partner you have calls their sales teams, ask them specifically, when you say seven-year search, are you talking about my social trace history or are you talking about my criminal records history? Because there are some companies out there that will limit both or one and not the other. And so going to one company and saying, hey, I'm getting a seven-year, I want to get a seven-year from you, those could be two totally different things. So make sure that you're speaking on the same uh, plane when talking about seven years. Yeah, that's a great point too, Joe. So another thing to bring up is there's a lot of CRAs out there, background screening providers that will do an SSN trace, a pre-pull at the time of ordering and let the HR professional or the user decide which counties to select. And they give them that point and click option, which means, hey, this person is Joe Smith and he's resided in 15 counties. Oh, I better select all 15 because I want to make sure I'm comprehensive. Click, 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 click. With each one of those clicks, understand what's included in that package and how much you're going to pay. Because sometimes they'll say, well, we're going to let you pick and we're going to charge two, five or $10 per county. And now that 20 or $30 background check has now become over $100 because you wanted to be inclusive. So work with your your background screening partner to understand what the limitations and restrictions should be on those. So you're making sure that you pull back relevant information on your applicant and you're not just clicking for the sake of being comprehensive because those things are, you know, those do happen and uh, understanding what that, where that SSN trace and the information comes from uh, is super, super important. And that's where the background screening partner can provide some guidance because there are some errors on that SSN trace Uh, from time to time. There's bad data that's represented. um, And also take a look at, um, you know, what that SSN trace is useful for, which is address history and alias names. Those are the two areas where you want to make sure you're careful and make sure you're looking at those alias names going back seven years as well, because there could be criminal records reported there as well. So it'd be more important to search on the primary name in the most recent counties of, you know, of residence than it would be to search, you know, 15 on the primary name, because a lot of those, those, those records probably will not be there or will not be reportable. Another question that we get Joe all the time as well, seven years. I want a comprehensive background check, Joe. I want to see everything on this applicant. Why would I want to be limited to seven years? Again, I mean, I think it goes primarily back to those regulations, uh, but also you don't want to muddy the waters. I mean, why would you want to go back, you know, 10 years, uh, 
when you start talking about courthouses and how each one of those courthouses is run, if you've got clerk run counties, if you've got, you know, if you're just kind of doing, you know, if you're, if your provider's, you know, plugged in digitally, maybe you can pull that record information quicker. But in most cases, courthouses trying to get that information from archives can be, you know, can add to your turnaround time. It can add to your cost. Uh, researchers aren't typically, you know, going back that far. They can, um, you know, most background screening providers, if you're in a regulatory type industry, so, uh, you know, finance, for instance, I know a lot of mortgage companies, they'll say, hey, we need to go back 10 years. Well, you can do it. It's just going to cost a little bit more. Um, and that's just kind of some of the standards that have been set across the board. Um, and I don't want to dive too much into the social trace, but but Tim, you kind of mentioned it. So I just kind of want to clarify for the audience. The reason that there are some mistakes, quote unquote, on that social traces is it is a product of the credit reporting agencies. So whether that's TransUnion, Equifax, um, Experian, wherever that social trace product is coming from, the information that they're reporting is reported by other human beings, right? Based on financial information. And so a lot of times that information can come through the report skewed based on the person who entered it, right? For instance, um, and I can't remember the individual's exact name, but I remember... Um, at some point early on in my career, somebody ran a background check for, it was like Johnny divorced or something like that. His last name was like, you know, John Smith or something like that, but it was reported in the social traces like Johnny divorced. And it's because the individual had a divorce on his credit reporting history. So those are the types of things that a, you know, a partner is going to protect you from step in, kind of explain those things to you and kind of help you walk through them. So you don't want to run everything that's on that social trace because there are, inherently errors because it's, you know, it's voluntarily reported info. Exactly. And to further that point, Joe, it's a great point is that common names and siblings with similar names are father and son, junior and senior. The credit bureaus are, are laden with mistakes because of data entry errors over periods of time. And it doesn't mean that the person's identity was stolen or that there's some fraud there. It just means that there's some cross-reporting and all it took was someone to enter in a cross-report, a two and a three or a one and a two or a Smith with a Y and a Smith with an I, and then then you have this perpetual issue. So when it comes to seven-year reporting, I think the biggest thing is, is to understand what it is exactly you're getting and how far that data is going back and why. So you understand that the depth of research that you're getting is relevant to making a decision. Let's be honest, about 90% of applicants, there's no reportable records. If you expand that scope beyond seven years, you are for sure going to expand the turnaround time and potentially false positives because those records may or may not apply. They need to be physically pulled in order to be verified. And they may not be useful and reportable at all in terms of the actual adjudication of the record. So you kind of be counterproductive to knowing about information you cannot use. And that's another thing. Be super, super careful about getting comprehensive background checks that go beyond seven, 10, or even longer about using that information in your adverse action process against uh, you know, your applicant. So check with your screening provider and look at the adverse action process as it relates to adjudication of records going back seven years, as it does vary state by state, county by county, city by city, and in jurisdictions that are enacting legislation about limitation of using criminal records in the background screening process on a daily and monthly basis. Um, Joe, before we close this one up, any final parting thoughts? No, nothing off the top of my head. I think it was a, a good conversation. I know it's one that you and I had, um, you know, just together. And, and so we figured it'd be a good idea to have that conversation with, with the audience. Um, you know, if you guys have any questions, of course, always let, you know, myself or Tim know. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again for tuning into the podcast. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's listening and watching. You can obviously download the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do get your podcasts. We do upload these to, to YouTube so you can watch the vidcast. And again, we appreciate you guys listening in. And if you have any questions or ideas for a future episode, please let us know. We do have some guests lined up for some awesome interviews. If you missed our last episode about COVID-19 testing with Clinical, Clinical Reference Laboratory and Brad Carmen, please check it out. Uh, again, thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks.